I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, we got your mailback questions coming up as well as some news and some updates on the injury front with the Tampa Bay Lightning facing Toronto in game two tonight. Steve, I guess you would say the Lightning got some good news on Wednesday. Relatively, um, we find out that Eric Chernak and Mikey Asamat will be out tonight for Game Two. So that's the obviously, bad news. that's not good news. <laughs> but Victor Hedman is a game time decision. Okay. Uh, also, the possibility of Tanner Janot returning tonight. Wow. Which, if Man, you remember, that's... a few weeks ago, we thought he might be out for months. Yes. Um, he may be back tonight. Now, if Hedman doesn't play. And Janot doesn't play. That means they're short a person, which means they need to call someone, at least somebody up from Syracuse. Mm. Uh, but if if Hedman does play, then they could go eleven and seven if Janot does not play. So, but Janot also spoke to the media on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Generally, that means you're probably playing. Now, right. yeah, they don't put you out there. It's coming back from an injury, so if he wakes up tomorrow after the practice today and doesn't feel right or whatever, mm-hmm. I mean that could change, but. Mm-hmm. Typically, the pattern is if you've talked to the media the day before, you're probably the odds of you playing the next day are pretty good. That's typically right. the way it goes. Right. That's sort of the protocol. They don't make him available. He said everything's feeling really well. The trainers did a good job, um, and I'm feeling good on the ice. So we'll see. I I'll be honest. When I saw the injury, I thought this guy has some cartilage slash ligament damage. Like this was an ugly looking knee injury or lower body injury, I guess you would say in hockey. Um, and you know why I think it's important. Jano does come back. You know, Toronto did some things in in, in the trade deadline, the off season, whatever. They they're a more physical group than they were a year ago. And I think having someone like Jano in this series is going to be important. Well, I mean, you saw some of the the liberties that the the Maple Leafs took in Game One, particularly yes. Michael Bunting, who, as we record this on Wednesday afternoon, is actually in his hearing now with the Department of Public Safety, or mm-hmm. so, uh, or player safety, not public safety. But uh, so we'll probably find that out by the time you hear this podcast. We'll know whether he is suspended for Game Two, which he should be, and if that suspension goes beyond Game Two, which is a possibility as well. Um, but it's funny. I've I spent a lot of morning reading some of the Toronto coverage and listening to some of their podcasts, and mm-hmm. the, it's amazing to me how now the narratives the Lightning are bullies and the Lightning are dirty Wait. players. <laughs> what and, and have been for years. That's the narrative out there now. In really? reading some of their stuff, yeah. Well, they baited him into uh, the suspension. Well, just in, they, they just think the Lightning have been dirty players for years now. Really? And, yeah, wow. and I'm like, I don't know where you get huh. that. I mean, you know, every team has some dirty hits here and there. I mean, it, it happens, and and, yeah. and Lightning have had players suspended. Eric Chernak's been suspended this year, and and others. Um, right. But it, I, I'm sitting there reading. I'm like, really? That doesn't that doesn't seem. That's not really been their reputation. That's not my eye test. 
I mean, they've got guys, you know, that, you know, like the worm, Corey Perry, that gets under people's skin. And I thought, mm-hmm. you know, Perry, who hadn't scored in forever, he had a great game. I mean, he had a great game one. He was phenomenal. He was, yeah, he was. He just did the, all the dirty stuff and was around the net and, 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 you know, took hits and dished out hits. Maroon has always been that guy that's been kind mm-hmm. of the enforcer. But that's kind of his role, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, on that line. Um, and Nick Paul's a physical guy, but they don't have – they don't have headhunters by any means. I, I've not seen them do things like you said. They had, you know, Chernak got suspended. Chernak has crossed the line a few times over the years. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Nikita Kucherov's been suspended, but that's years ago. More than that, right, right, um, right, right. But yeah, I, I was, I was kind of, uh, I was kind of flabbergasted at some of the, the inferences that the Lightning are just bullies and beat teams up and cross the line. And I'm like, I, I don't see that very often. You know, I'd say it never happens. Yeah. But uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. But, I mean, that the shot by Michael Bunting. But I will say that pretty much all the people that I read and listened to were like, yeah, that's he should be suspended, absolutely. So there yeah. was consensus there. Well, and Isamont took a hit from Jake McCabe, mm-hmm. and that's knocked him out now. So, I mean, legal or unlegal. Well, or no legal. hearing, and, and it wasn't called a penalty on the ice. So Yeah, so, I mean, it's a good, solid hit. But, like, that's, you know, and, and, and again – that's part of the game, right? I mean, you can't you can't really fault a player if he's within the rules. But talk about the physicality, like they they have gone out. Toronto deliberately went out and got some 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 guys that were you know a little more physical. Mm-hmm. They're a little more physical than they've been in the past. Well, and one we're familiar with Luke Shen is in that on that team. Luke Shen is one of those mm-hmm. guys, right? And he did that he did that here in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that makes them tougher to play. And that's why this series is a long way from over, even though you know. I'm sure they're all disappointed in Toronto. Look, mm-hmm. Toronto fan, I mean, they're a scarred bunch, right? I mean, it's just, there's no way around it. But you don't have to look very far just back to last year when the Lightning lost 5 to nothing. They wound up winning the series. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean, you know, one game. That's one thing the Lightning have learned through these years, you know, that, that you can't let one loss become four. You know, that kind of happened in the Columbus series um, mm-hmm. years ago when they got swept and they had that really good team. And they structurally needed some different things too that they added, but um, they're very good at shaking off a loss. And that's you're going to lose games. No one's no one's going through this thing sweeping every series. So whether it's home ice or away ice or whatever, mm-hmm. you're going to lose players. You're going to lose games. You're going to get behind. You're going to have tight situations. I mean, how about the Lightning the other night? They're up three nothing. Then you look up two power plays. It's three to two, mm-hmm. and Toronto's buzzing around them. You know, like. That's a crunch situation. That's that's something that could get away from you really fast. And they just kept playing and and um got a power play, got some opportunities and scored themselves and separated the game again, but um that's all part of it. I mean, it's but but Toronto fan, I mean, come on. I mean, they're so scarred, man. It's just well, that it, was the worst first game they could have played. That was a pretty bad first game. And but here's the thing for the Lightning. And, you know, you want to go get greedy tonight. You know, sure you, you, you talk about sweeping or, you know, splitting when you go on the road for two. Sure, but, but when you, you get the first one. But if you win tonight as the Lightning, mm-hmm. that means Toronto now has to win four of five That's against right. Andre Vasilevsky with three of those games. Three of them at home. Away. At yeah. Arena. That's correct. And, and we've talked about this over the years. Trying to beat Andre Vasilevsky four out of five games, nearly impossible. Right. Now, anything can happen in a series, and mm-hmm. every series and every game is different, but but 
you know you have a distinct advantage in goal, and you saw that in game one. Right. And Samsonov is going to start game two, which I couldn't believe yeah, Sheldon is. Keefe after the game when they asked who's starting game two. He's like, well, it's too early to say. I mean, was it even a question? Unless you think Matt Murray's coming back because he's, he's trying to battle back from a concussion now but hasn't practiced yet. So unless I mean, you were I don't thinking what, he might have, but I, I couldn't imagine I he's going to have one practice and go in. I don't know that you're doing the Lightning any favors or, or if it's psychological, you don't want them to know right away, but you're not helping your goaltender that you're going to play. That, that's what I mean. I mean you why, are you telling, why are you telling your starting goaltender it's too early to say that? I mean, was there any right. question? Now, if Samson puts another game like that out there, then it probably is a question. Oh, if they separate early in this next game, he's going to be on the bench probably for the rest of the series. Unless, you know, the other guy can't stop anything. But, yeah, and that's in most series, I think, you know, Vasilevsky has the advantage over the other team's goaltender. But certainly in this one, now as they, as they play on, and you know, depending on who advances, there are some really great goaltenders that they're going to run into in the East. But in this series, I think, you know, I, I think he's there. And he did not, you know, a year ago uh, when they went to Toronto and they played them, uh, remember he was giving up quite a few goals early in that series. And then he just shut it down. I think they were beating them on the glove side a lot, mm-hmm. up high, and, you know, didn't know if that was like something they had, they had found on film or what. But he, it took him a while to kind of get into the series, into the playoffs, um, now it seemed like, you know, I thought he, I thought he was pretty solid. I thought they were solid around him. Mm-hmm. Power plays, that's a different deal, right, for goaltenders because, you know, there's just so much ice out there that they can make things happen quickly. But And, and these two teams are really good on the power play. To me, it's going to be about who stays out of the box in this next game. Mm-hmm. It really is because they've, they've both demonstrated that if you give them chances with an extra man advantage, it's tough. If the Lightning plays them five on five, they dominated. They dominated that game. Mm-hmm. They dominate without the last change. And what Correct. that means is so the home team gets to mm-hmm. put their players on the ice last. Mm-hmm. So the visiting team has to, okay, there's a puck drop to the right of the goaltender, wherever. Center ice doesn't yep. matter, wherever it is. The visiting yep. team has to send their five guys out first. So then you can decide who you want, you know, who to match up. They with, want to yeah. put that Sorelli line against Matthews in that. I mean that's what that's what Cooper wants to do. So it's harder on the road to get those matchups because sure. you have to put your guys out first and then they react. So mm-hmm. in, in the flow of play, when there's no stoppage of play, then you can, you know, okay, they just put Matthews out, go out there, Sorelli, or they put this line out, go out there, whoever. Same with your decor and that. But it's harder to but the Lightning did a great job of matching up against them and you know, five on five, as you said, they Toronto did nothing the first two periods. A little bit in the third, but by then the game was out of hand and you're just kind of controlling it and and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the same period. I mean, I'm not going to make, you know, I'm not going to sit there and say all of a sudden Toronto figured out five on five because they played a little better. I mean, it was, neither team was really going for it at that point. Right. As far as practice goes, Janot, I guess, um, skated on the on the fourth line. It was mm-hmm. It was a very short practice, but he was out there with Pierre, Edouard Belmar yep. and Corey Perry, and then Pat Maroon moved up to take Isamont's spot with mm-hmm. Colton and Nick Paul. That'd be a pretty good line for a third line. Yep. Well, Ian Cole missed practice, but he will play. So, yeah. Well, they got a chance. They're playing with house money, and you're right. Uh, if you get one, you got to be greedy. It's the same thing 
not the same thing at all, but like, you know, baseball, you do the same thing. You get hit the first time up, get greedy when you want two. If you get two, you got to get three. And this is, you know, to come to Tampa up 2 0, um, you know, you're in really good shape, you know, regardless. Um, and you're right, four out of five against Vasilevsky, that is a big hole to dig. And I wouldn't want to dig it in the postseason where he's really, really good. Also, um, speaking of good, Tampa Rays any good? They're not playing anybody that good, but man, they bashed the Cincinnati Reds the last two days to a tune of what eighteen to nothing. That's correct. Their sixth shutout in nineteen games this season. How many did they have all last year? Ten. <laughs> That's the whole year. Yes. Well, we're like three weeks less than three weeks into the season. Mm-hmm. They've got six. They're sixteen and three, by the way, which is unbelievable for a start. It is in this road trip um, that started poorly with the two losses to Toronto. You finished three and three, which is great. Mm-hmm. You take it every time. Yeah, I'll take five hundred on the road. I mean, Heck yeah, it, you know, you face Cincinnati in there. You would have liked to sweep, but you took two out of three from them. Mm-hmm. So move on. Yeah, the Chicago another, White Sox come to town, right? No, that'll be that'll be a good series. A little better ball club for sure. The pitching has has been great. The defense, mm-hmm. Taylor Walls continues to hit. Yandy Diaz, we just start the game loudly, you know. Again with with a uh, just a laser home run. That dude, if, if he's got to stay healthy, and and he hits the ball so hard, but now he's hitting it with a little bit of elevation. I think he's got what six home runs already this year. That sounds about that right. I mean, matches he's... his best month ever in his career. Which is saying something because we're not really all the way through the month. We're just a little barely halfway through it, maybe three quarters. Yeah, he's got six home runs already. So yeah, impressive for your leadoff guy. Uh, especially mm-hmm. one that he's not a prototypical leadoff guy. That's right. That's right. No, he's kind of a yoked up extra base leadoff guy, and um, you know, like I said, the the uh, I think. Pitching and defense should be always the Rays constant. That's what shouldn't go into a slump very often. But I think we're far enough into the season, regardless of who they're facing, that these guys, this lineup, the number of home runs they're hitting, and and the rule changes. I saw a couple hits again, you know, on on Wednesday that in a shift, they're probably outs. It, they're mm-hmm. benefiting from it, man, because they, mm-hmm. they're making a lot of contact this year. They are not striking out. They have made a concerted effort not to swing at bad pitches. They're not getting themselves out, which was sort of a theme at the end of last year, especially in the postseason. And it's working. The contact is is way up, um, as are the hits. I love and, Randy Rosarino's approach. Oh, totally different. He is taking what, what they give him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love what he's doing. That's why he's batting three thirty three this season. Yes, and he's hitting the ball to all fields. Mm-hmm. Like He's not trying to be pull happy. If the ball's outside, he lets it travel, and he's hitting it that way. Uh, he's got power to all fields, obviously, um, but he is not, he's not chasing. You know, He's done a really good job of staying within the strike zone um, and just has been a tough out. And I'll say something else is that and this happens with every team, right? They've hit some balls that guys have made great plays on in the outfield too, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and they've they've come up short a little bit. <laughs> there was one play where a Rosarina got mad. I think it was Betancourt or somebody was on third base. Had the bases loaded. He hit a laser to right field, 
and the right fielder was, you know, playing in the in the right spot, and so he's going to make the catch, and he did. But he was conceding the run, and he threw it to second base, and Bentoncourt still standing on third, and a Rosarino walk, Rosarino's walking back like, really? <laughs> Didn't even try to throw it home. Um, so that was that was maybe a little less aggressive than they needed to be in that situation, um, albeit a catcher running at third. But um, but yeah, what a you know, tremendous it, third. It's early in the season, but I remember last year and the year prior, mm-hmm. we'd go through the batting averages of the team. Oh my god! And it'd be yeah, two eighty six, two sixty two, two fifty, two fifty, two twenty, one ninety, one seventy six. Yeah, there you go. They have <laughs> one player below two hundred. Yeah, that's Luke Rayleigh. Right, and he's got three home runs. Yeah, only three others below two fifty. Yeah, Bethancourt, Margot, and Paredes. They got six mm-hmm. guys batting three hundred or better. Yeah. Now we're only you know nineteen games in. It's it's mm-hmm. still very early, but it's a great start for this team and this lineup. They got like they got like ten or twelve guys. I don't know whether it's ten, nine, ten, or twelve guys with multiple home runs. Everybody's got two home runs on the team, every batter except for Mejia and Brujan, who do not have a home run yet. Everybody else has two or more. Crazy. Including man. Siri, who's on the IL. Right. He had two right. and six games. He had two and six games, yeah. yeah. But every every player's got two or more home runs on this team. Forget about Jose Siri. It's such a big part of what they do, right? They've been getting mm-hmm. by without him for a while. Yeah, he played six um, games. That's, so. Yeah, that's that's just going to add to their to their offense. So good for them, man. Um, it's going to be a fun year. They're coming home to play the White Sox. A lot of Midwesterners in town, probably. But uh, I think I think the Trops should be rocking, man. I think this baseball team has really excited people around here and around baseball. And and uh, it's not just that they're winning; it's the way they're doing it. They're 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 bashing people, and that's that's fun to watch. Uh, we're gonna get to your mailbag questions here coming up in just one second. But first, I want to tell you guys how to save money on your electric bill. Do it now. It's called May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned business. They've been operating and installing solar electric systems in the area for 13 years now. May Electric is committed to you for the long term. How long? Well, they guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is what they're calling the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products and conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install and customize that to your needs. Plus, they don't use subcontractors. So all those guys putting those solar panels up there, that's uh, Billy Mays, guys. You know exactly who's doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate, lower your electric bill all year long, preserve those appliances, that's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. All right, we got time for some mailbag questions, and I saw a few were popping up on the timeline. Let's get started. All right, we'll start with John. We've got some Bucks questions here. He says, would Tristan Wirf's comments about the issues in the locker room be directed at Devin White, among others? Well, I mean, it's possible. I'll say that it's possible. I, I think it's more likely uh, a Leonard Fournette, um, a Donovan Smith. I mean, I think you got to look at the guys who weren't here. You know what I mean? That the productivity didn't match sort of what what it was during that Super Bowl run, right? And and I'm not. I, I just singled them out, obviously, but 
Yeah, I I think that that Devin, at least at least the year after and a little bit into last season, I I think he had a lot of attention, and rightfully so, thrown at him after the Super Bowl win. You know, NFL 360 did a did a feature documentary on him, which was terrific, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I remember talking, like, after the Bucks won the Super Bowl in 2020, I talked to Warren Sapp uh, about what happened to the Bucks after they won in 2002, um, in 2002. And he said, we should have won two or three more. Like, we had all the talent in the world. He goes, but everybody wanted a piece of something, right? They all wanted to know where was theirs, right? Where's the commercial? Where's the endorsement? Where's the, where's the podcast? Where's the, you know, all this stuff? And, of course, no two years are the same. You have injuries. You have a lot of things that you have to deal with. But the biggest thing you deal with is is just that a lot of opportunity and a lot of attention comes to you when you're a world champion. And you should enjoy it, right? But it can become a distraction. And I think for younger players in particular, there's probably this feeling that, like, well, that was easy. Let's, you know, we should, I'll be in this game many, other, many, many other times. Like, I'm, I'm young. Um, I'm already very world famous, like, you know, and so nothing wrong with guys taking advantage of their opportunities, but I don't know that the work is the same. I don't know that the preparation is the same. And one thing we do know is the production was not the same. So I think what Worf said, we kind of heard in the echo chamber from Todd Bowles, you know, during one of their losing streaks when he said, and it was unsolicited and it was startling. I think it was after the Carolina game, if my memory serves. But regardless, he said, if we have some guys still living off the Super Bowl, they need to realize that that's over. You know, and and and, and I'm paraphrasing. And we were kind of stunned by like, who's talking about the Super Bowl now? You know, like that that was kind of put to rest a year earlier. Well, apparently, Bowles thought that some guys were living off reputation and at their effort in games or practices or preparation, whatever it was wasn't the same or up to the standard they needed it to be. And I think now, you know, you've seen them move away from some guys that were big parts, huge parts um, of their of their Super Bowl run. One of those is Leonard Fournette, you know. And we documented that, and I like Lenny a lot, but we documented that in the offseason, you know, a year ago when he came to OTAs, no one had seen him. Uh, in no one had seen him in OTAs, and he came to the mandatory minicamp. He stayed away from OTAs, and no one had seen him. And he comes to the mandatory minicamp, and he he was way up in weight. And that's you know that's not what you want to see from your running back that you've invested a two or three year contract. But again, playoff Lenny Lombardi Lenny, and, and Lenny's a fun guy that likes to enjoy his family and his time away, which is fine. Um, but then you got to dial it back in, you know. And he lost his starting job. They had the worst rushing offense. I'm going to put it all on him. The offensive line wasn't good. Donovan Smith is another one. Wasn't good. Now, he got injured in game one against Dallas. We don't know how much that elbow affected him. But you don't play just with your elbow. You play that position with your feet, right? Um, You can see effort or lack thereof at that position. And technique is one thing. That, That might affect you if you have an elbow situation. But effort? The ability to move, the effort to move, all those things just weren't the same. And so um, 
it was very, you know, and, and good for Tristan. Like, this is sort of the first time that he's sort of put himself out there as a leader to hold other players accountable. And he almost seemed like there were, this theme was popping up during those press conferences, which was, it's just great to see a bunch of new young faces. It's great to see all these eager guys. It's great to see new young faces. Like, almost like, yeah, you know, we needed to get younger for sure. But then also, these guys are hungry. You know, we got some guys that are a little more hungry, um, a little more, you know, into it, uh, and and that that's what they needed. And and Todd Bowles at the end of the season, after having won back to back NFC titles, yes, they were eight and ten, but having you know three really good years under Brady, he said we need to change the culture. Well, that you know, you typically hear that with a new coach coming into a team that hasn't won. You don't hear it from a from a head coach, you know, that's won back-to-back division titles. So, you know, he was talking about we got to set the culture. It's got to begin in the offseason, OTAs, blah, 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 blah. And so that's what they're trying to do. And to that point, coaches too, right? Like they got Dave Canales, which is his first time being an offensive coordinator. But, man, you're not going to sleep in his meeting. He is energy, fire all the time. He is that guy, Right. He's about as opposite Byron Leftwich in terms of temperament and the way he the way he messages himself as you can get. Now, good, bad, or indifferent, it doesn't matter if you win. You know, we've been through this before. It's all about winning. But Canales is is a little bit of a of a jolt of and in a good way. Every guy we talked to last week, the first day of of um, off season workouts, were were meeting with Canales for the first time, and they said, "Boy." What a, what a great, you know, what a great energy he brings to the building. This is going to be great. You know, this offense is going to be great. So they're buying in. It's early. I haven't played anybody. I haven't lost a game. All that. But, yeah, I do think that um, it's possible. And I, I don't want to put words in the Worf's mouth. But I think it's possible that maybe, you know, that that might have been directed at a guy like a Devin White who, you know, as we sit here today, wants to be traded, don't want to be part of this team. Right. So that that's also a factor. Well, speaking of Devin White, we had several questions, uh, particularly from D'Angelo and Kyle asking, is Devin White trade on draft day possible as part of a package to move up in the first or does his contract demands limit his value to other teams? Well, I mean, yes, it's possible. Uh, it's I don't think it's something that the Bucks are actively seeking. I don't think they're, quote unquote, shopping Devin White. I think. Devin White said he wanted to be traded or or more importantly, you know, put out um the story or his agents did that he wanted to be traded. I mean, with those cryptic texts this happened back in early March and then it was confirmed a couple of weeks ago. Um and I I I don't know what the Bucks will require to move him. I, I think it's gonna be difficult in this sense that they don't have players right, um, on the roster that can just step in and fill those shoes. Now, it's hard to fill a Pro Bowler's shoes, but they would need enough to be assured to get another young inside linebacker that could come in and play day one. That's a hard thing to do. There's not many of those guys out there. Are there a few? Sure. But if you just look at you know some other comparable players that have been traded – they weren't traded for first round picks. They were traded for two and a five and maybe another player. Now you could package, you know, that and move up a few spots, 
but you're not going to move up that far. Um, maybe de- depending on the round, but you know, in the first round from 19, you're not going to move up that far with a two and a five, right? So, and they already have a t- ton of needs. I mean, let's let's start thinking about listing the needs on this football team. You need a left. Ta- you need a left tackle. And if you can't find a left tackle, you need a right tackle. I mean, tackle is, I think, in my opinion, their biggest need. It's kind of one A, one and one A with um, an edge rusher. Right? You don't know what you're going to get back from Shaq Barrett coming off the Achilles injury. Joe Tronchowinka has plateaued after two years, only four sacks a year. There's really no one. I know they re-signed Anthony Nelson, but you don't have a dog on the outside, and the value of that position is really, really high, like second only maybe to quarterback, left tackle, and then and then you get to edge rusher. So you need those two things for sure, right? Um, you probably need another safety. You know, they, I mean, you've lost Mike Edwards. You've lost Jordan Whitehead a year ago. Um, you could, you know, you could use another corner. I know you re-signed your two starting corners and you have Zion McCallum, but there's nobody else behind him. Um, and then, in, you know, we've talked about, so now you'd be adding inside linebacker to that. So, you know, you can't address everything, right? And they were planning on Devin White being here. I think that the sign that maybe they, and, and you would do this anyway probably to keep his value up, but the, the sign that they probably don't want to trade him is, one, they stated they don't want to trade him, and two, they were so complimentary of him. Like, we don't hold this against him. There's no grudge here. He's a great guy. He's our player. We expect him to be back. Um, that and the absolute love that Todd Bowles has professed for him you know, says he makes plays he hadn't seen made at that position in 30 years. That doesn't sound to me like a guy you want to trade, right? And, and he's been your leading tackler every year. So they've got to give him a way back. Um, I don't think they're going to give him a big contract, although they're still talking. To me, if he gets traded, it won't be in the draft. No, watch, he'll be traded right away. Um, I think it's more likely it would be the other trade deadline, which is during the season sometime in October, I think. Um, that that can happen. But, no, I, I don't think that uh, the Bucks are going into this saying, well, we've got Devin White and we can move him and move up a bunch of spots to do what? You're, you're, now you're going to need an inside linebacker. Sure, you can improve you know, your capital to move around in the draft a little bit by whatever you'd get for White, but it's not going to be a number one. You know, that, that's just not been the, the, the um, you know, sort of the capital that you, you get in return uh, at that inside linebacker position, even though you drafted him fifth overall. So I believe G- Jason Light, when he says it this time, and it's liar's poker this time of year, but I do believe when he says we, we don't plan on, on, on trading Devin White, I think somebody would have to blow them away with the deal. All right, John had tweeted us. He says, one note about Kyle Trask needing to learn a new system after two years on another. That's what he had to do at Florida. He didn't play a snap in 16 or 17 and finally got into a game when Dan Mullen arrived in 18. It's a great point. I mean, you know, college is not the NFL. Let's start there. Um, Dan Mullen has always done a really good job with quarterbacks at the collegiate level. So I don't know how simplified it was or not um, at Florida with Dan Mullen. I'm sure he put him in good positions. And he had a lot of talent around him. You know, he had Kyle Pitts. I mean, he had guys. So I'm not – I do think there's a false narrative here, though. And my point with the, the new offense is that, you know, if you were going to take a Kyle Trask and and sort of turn it over to him, and you've talked about this, Steve, two things. One, if you thought he was going to be your starter, then Baker Mayfield's not here, 
right? If they were that convinced, you could have resigned Blaine Gabbert to be the backup and Kyle no Trask question. Track. That's exactly right, and he's going to Kansas City instead, where he knows he's not going to play. So you didn't do that, okay? And, and last year, I'm convinced that had Bruce Arians stayed as the head coach and Brady had not come back and had been retired, Bruce Arians' plan was just that. He's a Blaine Gabbert, you know, believer. So his his plan his plan was let's let Blaine and Kyle shoot it out. You know, and he didn't know what would happen if they did that. He's he likes Kyle a lot, um, so he was willing to go that route. He wasn't going to bring. Now they had looked at Baker Mayfield. I'm not saying they didn't have an interest in him. They did, um, but more than likely it would have been those two. Okay, so now you get to this year, and the only guy on a contract is Kyle, and you don't say let's go find us a number two. You say let's go find us a guy that has a lot more experience, tons of pedigree has thrown for 16,000 yards and 100 touchdowns, and we'll let him compete with Kyle. That's not the same thing as, yeah, we think Kyle's ready to be our starter. Far from it. And, you know, like I said, it, it, it would be to Kyle's advantage if he were going to run the offense that he's run the last two years, just from a familiarity standpoint. Kyle stood up there the other day and said, I want to know everything. I want to know the details of every little thing in this offense. Yeah, but you're starting from scratch. Canales, to my knowledge, hasn't even completed the playbook, right? He's at the point where he's going to be handing those out here in phase one or phase two of the offseason program. He's still constructing it, okay, and building it around his current personnel. So until they get there, you know, that's that's the starting point. And now you've got to go through training camp. It's about installation of an entirely new offense that Kyle Trask – has not been drilling down on for two years. Has he learned fundamental things? Has he improved his body? Yes and yes and yes. You know, And let's face it, what they had around Tom Brady, there was no movement in the pocket. You knew where Brady was going to be. I mean, Tristan Wirth was, was like thrilled, nothing against the GOAT, but like, you know, oh, we're going to use deception. We're going to use movement. We're going to use play action. We're going to use bootlegs and waggles and things that every other team in the NFL does with few exceptions, to help the offensive line, you know. Um, But I think Tom helped the offensive line more than anybody realizes because as bad as they were last year, he only got sacked 22 times. Now, he dirted a lot of balls, and he threw it quicker than he ever has, and that certainly shrunk the offense. But he he didn't stand back there and get hit. You know, and a lot of times those quarterbacks that keep plays alive end up leading the league in sacks. But I think they're they're excited about you know, and Trask may be too, because Trask can move a little. He's got heavy feet, but he's improved on that. Um, but a lot of rhythm throws for Baker Mayfield's going to help. So, you know, I, I just think that you didn't do Trask any favors by by getting you know his quarterbacks coach retired, slash got fired, whatever. Um, and he has a guy that hasn't coached quarterbacks. I mean, and then a new offense, and then you're competing with Baker Mayfield. So if you think Kyle Trask, and a lot of people do, a lot of people are like, how can you say he's not, you know, he's not the favorite? Or, you know, Baker Mayfield's been terrible the last, well, I mean, I know what what I've seen at practice, and I know what they've seen at practice. And if they were sold on Kyle Trask after two years, if he was drafted here to succeed Tom Brady, then by gosh, he'd be the starter, and they'd be keeping Blaine Gabbard, or they'd they'd find another guy um, to back him up, or a younger player, whatever. But I don't think Baker Mayfield would be here. And and maybe Trash still wins the job. Um, that remains to be seen. Um, 
But I don't know that this new system, because this is the NFL. This is not college football where the windows are big and you out-athlete people and, you know, you can use some trickeration and, you know, it, to me it's easier to complete balls in co- at the college level than it is at the NFL level. It just is. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, we'll wrap up on two quick baseball questions. And we got a, a great Bucks question we're going to save for next week, though. But uh, it's more about all-time Bucks stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, Michael had asked, what do you think about the designated runner rule that they're trying out in the minors? You know, I I heard Neil and those guys talking about that on the radio today and um, during the game. What do I think about it? For those who don't know, they're experimenting I, yeah. in the Atlantic League. Yeah. That allowing a player who is not in the starting lineup to be used at any point of the game as a substitute base runner, mm-hmm. the player who was subbed out as well as the pinch runner would still be able to return to the game. Right. And you're literally a designated runner. So, and, 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 you know, say Bethancourt gets on base or Yandy Diaz gets on first and you you want to put uh, Jose Siri in for them trying to score a run down late. You could yeah. put Siri in, run for Yandy Diaz, and at the end of the inning, Yandy can go back in the field. And Siri would still be able to be used later in the game. Yeah. I, how do I say this? I think we're getting dangerously close to – football substitution rules you know and what i mean by that is now you're gonna there's a possibility right that what you're going to carry on your roster are not baseball players they're track stars that's it no we've we've seen that in the past with guys like billy hamilton and absolutely i mean that's kevin kiermeyer made his debut Mm. in game what 163 right because they wanted a fast runner as a pinch runner to use late in the game but that's that's just for mm-hmm. situations or mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying is like if you if you institutionalize this and you say every team has a designated runner free substitution any player can return to the game you can run them for multiple players right um i think you're going to carry specialists now i don't know if I you can i don't know if you could be a designated pinch runner twice i guess i i haven't seen i didn't read enough to know it sounded like, and I might be wrong. I, I think about you this. can pinch like run. You and can it, run for more than one player. I think in the, the second same, time the you come game. in, now you have to stay in, or you're done. Is that it? Okay, I, I believe so. I, I could be wrong. Okay. I haven't read. I mean, I saw some some stories on it, but I, I didn't read all the details. Yeah, I know they're My also they're also experimenting with the single disengagement rule instead of two that are used now. Yeah, I mean they're gonna they're gonna be running blind here in a little bit. Pretty soon, you're not gonna be able to throw over or step off the mound ever. And There's, that's going to be crazy. Yeah, they're also experimenting with if your starting pitcher doesn't go, I think, five innings, you lose your DH. Now, that's crazy. <laughs> that's, yeah, that, that would be t- I don't even know how you'd navigate that because then you're using a bunch of pinch hitters off the, off the bench potentially. Mm-hmm. Well, it definitely would get rid of the openers. Yeah, that's true. 
that that would be a rule probably specifically to to dissuade that practice sounds like yeah i'm 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 skeptical of the of the pinch runner thing you know we already got the texas you know the tiebreaker mm-hmm. and the guy at second and extra innings and eh, that's all fine it's not baseball but it's all fine um you know in the interest of of games not lasting forever but this one feels more to me like we're carrying specialists and mm-hmm. not baseball players. And I know a lot of guys come to the league, like you said, Kiermaier could run, and so he came up in the playoffs or he came up in, in situations where for that purpose to help you win a game and he could run one time and then he's done. That's that's fine. If you want to use a roster spot and, and, and be penalized because you don't have a guy with you know full full skills, that's different, or if he's young or whatever. But But – but I think you're getting dangerously close to just getting specialists. You know, like the NFL has kickers, mm-hmm. right, and long snappers. And, you know, um, you're going to have, you know, track stars that maybe they played a little baseball, but they don't need to. If, they're, if their job is to run, right, and, and mm-hmm. steal bases and score and come in and they don't get penalized by having to replace the guy that they went in for, they don't have to hit or, or, or field. That's the singular skill you're looking for is is out and out speed and the ability to take bases and the way it's now with the disengagement rule, hell, guys can't even throw over there or step off the mound more than twice. Mm-hmm. So you know, think about the leads you're going to get with these track stars. You know, um, it it might be a bridge too far, but no, that's why they're experimenting it within. In how long Atlanta, does Miguel Cabrera stay around? Stick around if you do that, mm-hmm. you know. That's the other thing. You're going to get a lot of guys who can't run to first base but can swing a bat. They're going to be sticking around in this league for a long time, and that takes jobs away from real players. Yep. I don't like it. I just decided I don't like it. I okay. think it's a bad rule. I'm going to hold the other raise question for next week from Tommy. It's a really good one, but another not topical like today's game question. Yeah, but, yeah. But we'll finish on this. John had asked, was listening to the podcast about you taking your daughter to Tay-Tay and Jen Pop, no less. Just curious how that conversation went with wifey. Did you draw the short straw? I'm sure you would rather have been at home pontificating on the number 19 pick in the NFL draft. I'm not sure I would agree with that last statement. The, I will tell you how it occurred. Um, first of all, my wife wanted to go desperately, and she's the one who actually got the tickets, et cetera. However, we have two daughters, and so as fate would have it, the timing worked such that my other daughter was involved in a dance competition over in Lakeland, which they seem to have these things about every other week or more. Um, and so they were going to go over there, and they had a couple days of dance, and it's hundreds of girls, um, and it, it's a convention-type center setting. Um, and a couple girls, I, th- I think one girl was going to spend the night with them in a hotel and stuff like that. Clearly not something that I would necessarily – not that I, I've been over there. I've done it. I, I attend those things. I want want to watch her perform. But if you had to choose, like who's more suited to do what, I think my wife would tell you she drew the short straw. And um, and again, we love watching Alex dance and perform and stuff. But she really wanted to go to Taylor Swift. Um, but it just didn't work out from a timing standpoint. So we only had two tickets, and my oldest daughter uh, was going to be with me. So it was like, guess what? You're going to Taylor Swift, which I'm fine with music. I got, you know, pop music and whatever. Taylor Swift's fine. I'm fine with that. Um, what was difficult for me <laughs> wasn't being the 1% male in attendance. 
uh, it was more about the length of the concert. Like, mm-hmm. it was three plus hours of, you know, stand up cheering uh, or singing or, you know, a Taylor Fest uh, that you've ever seen. And so I was fatigued by it. <laughs> I was exhausted for two days afterwards. Uh, and I and I think I talked about this, how I, I found out how the other half lives. And I'm kind of bougie when I say this because I've been in press box my whole life. But to, to sit uh, in those seats, which I thought, you know, I wasn't sitting much, but when I did, wasn't the most comfortable. Um, and, and then the post, uh, apocalyptic parking lot scene was not good. Did not, after three hours of Tay Tay, uh, I was not in a mood to move zero inches for a half hour in the parking lot. And I mean zero inches. And so the whole, like the end of it kind of, but I had, look, she was tremendous. I'm telling you, I challenge anybody to watch that show. It'll probably be on Netflix or something somewhere. Or if you go to it, like I marvel at like this this young woman has to be one of the most in shape performers in our, of our lifetime because she is all over that stage and she is climbing sets, she is singing songs from scaffolding like it's incredible. She's dancing with professional dancers, she's popping in and out of stages, wardrobe changes that you know, take a minute uh, or two. Um, and, you know, she's back on stage again. And, I mean, 30-something songs, I don't care how much, you know, what's pre-recorded, not recorded. Like, you know, that that that's not relevant to me. It's just the, the, the sheer amount of production involved in that I was fascinated by. You know, I we're in the entertainment business. We watch football games every week or baseball games or hockey games. Those are spontaneous. They're not rehearsed. They're not, you don't know the outcome. Like, that's what I love about sports. But it's still entertainment, right? It's still a production. There's still things around the game um, that, you know, that that takes time and energy and planning. But this planning is incredible. And the energy is incredible. And to see a full stadium, of like a full football stadium, 60-something plus thousand people for three nights in a row in a sellout, and the the rabid enthusiasm and it was energetic, so I liked it. I I, did, I don't consider it a short straw. In fact, little addendum to that, my wife has informed me today that because she missed Taylor Swift, that when she goes to Chicago to see her her folks sometime I think in May, uh, T Swizzle is up in Detroit, which is just a short plane ride away, and she's going with one of my daughters to see it at Ford Field. So as long know, as you don't have get, to go, it's okay. I'm cool with it. Yeah, I'm perfectly <laughs> fine. It's like, honey, you know, I would love to go again, but I've done my three hours and it would be unfair of me um, to deprive you of the opportunity to share this experience with your daughter. But we really, I mean, it, it, the father-daughter thing, it, it's bonding, man. Like it's anything you can do, something like that is special and um, is fortunate to be there. So even though I may have made light of it a little bit, um, I actually did not get the short straw. Not that, not that the dance is one, but I got to go. I got to see this, and it was a spectacle. So, good question. But that's my my Tay Tay update for the day. I'm telling you, if you get a chance to watch her for all three hours, you'll 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 feel the same way. You'll be like, my goodness, this stamina. This is like an athletic endeavor, you know. And then the voice—I don't even know how they do that. But 
that's neither here nor there. All right. Well, thanks for all your questions. We'll get to more. Uh, and about the Bucks, there's a legacy question, I think, that was really good. We'll get to mm-hmm. that later this week as well. Lightning at Toronto, game two tonight. And then the Rays have a night off, and then they begin a series with the Chicago White Sox at the Trop on Friday. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.